after she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General okay. Hospital. <laughs> Welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. First new episode, August 3rd of 2020. And we are trying something new format-wise, um, because we knew when we started that it was going to be finite, because we knew they were going to run out of new episodes. Now that it's back, <laughs> we're going to, instead of doing one-to-one episode of, of our show to GH, we're going to try doing a weekly format. So we're going to watch all five, because now we're back to five days a week, new episodes, um, all five episodes to then one podcast episode and what a start we are back so strong I I was like I was every reaction Carly had in the courtroom is how I was reacting oh my god she was the best so we have to talk about the courtroom stuff yeah we're just gonna hit the super highlights my notes are so extensive but we're gonna blow Mm -hmm. through them but the courtroom was amazing everything we hoped that Nina would do she showed up she showed boy did she show up it was so good um, like, th- we thought that's where she was going. I was nervous the show would pull a switch, but she immediately was like, my impression was correct. Nell's a compulsive liar. She manipulates those around her. She can't seem to form real bonds with other humans. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Martin, the lawyer, was so funny because he started objecting, and the, the judge is like, you can't object to your own client or your own witness. Yeah. And, and then Nell, I think Julian hit the nail on the head. Nell just had a meltdown and lost the case for herself. She freaked out. I didn't take notice about her monologue because I was so riveted by what she was saying, but she just showed her true colors, exploded in the courtroom. It was glorious. It was so much more satisfying than the courtroom stuff from pre-hiatus. Yes, yes. Um, And I wasn't sure what they were going to do because I have um, avoided spoilers from from the new episodes. Because we're recording this, it's like halfway through August. So the first week or so of episodes are out, so I didn't know, like, were they going to pick up at the moment they left off, which they, they basically did. Um, and and it, it was just, the courtroom stuff felt a little rushed from pre-hiatus, but the, the payoff was, was great. This yeah. was great. And there weren't any, like, r- factual reveals or, like, b- bombshells. It was just, they, Nina got... Nina, like, provoked Nell into, into saying Yeah. Also. And so, yeah. What, what, what was it she said? I think when she said that Nell basically told her that she blackmailed Julian mm-hmm. into marriage, Carly looked like Christmas had come <laughs> early. Yes. It was hilarious. It was so, so great. the judge is reviewing everything, and we don't have the decision yet, but it looks very good. Um, and then Michael and Willow, just a little button on the, on the whole thing. They're like, what should, we don't want to go and celebrate, still jinx it, so they're going to go home and be with Wiley. So yeah. Very, it, very good. And a really, a really sweet mirror, because Nell kind of out of left field in her, like, meltdown throughout that Michael had forced Willow to marry him with threats of his mobster father murdering her. Yeah. And so they, they like, you know, recall Willow to the stand, and she's this really lovely mirror to when Michael had explained why he married Willow, where she said all this really sweet stuff about Michael and his decency and foundation for trust and she just wants to build a family with him and like and that's why she married him yeah. and it was just a really nice sort of mirror to that yeah. moment so that was a plus fantastic okay okay real quick gotta get you everything so we, we met Dante we met Dante 
Okay. Dante is back. Dominic Zampronia is back, which I, again, hadn't been spoiled on that he was coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not, sorry, <laughs> volume control. Um, it's it's not a recast. It's Dante's just back. And I don't know if he's sticking around because I don't know if you noticed. Because he, he was like the first, one of the first cold opens. So I immediately was paying attention to the credits. His face wasn't in the opening sequence. Oh, okay. So I don't know if he's back for good. And I almost, I don't want to look it up because I kind of don't want to know. Yeah. But I, I hope he's coming home. Yeah, I hope that means he is. Um, not, you know, he didn't really do much. He wrote a letter that he wasn't going to send, but right. you know, and I'm a little confused why he's in this facility in Switzerland. What danger does he pose to his family? He was like brainwashed or something. Oh. I'll, I'll look it up. We okay. can check okay. out. Okay. So that's, that's all fine. Details. Ned and Olivia talk <gasps> a lot about Dante and how they got into this huge fight, which feels to me like the end of a marriage. Like once you're condescending to someone and she said, you're being condescending, you don't respect me. Just like this regarding my like beliefs and my feelings yeah I was so impressed because I know we just talking we had just been talking um like last time about how I find like Ned really boring and everything and like how much we like Olivia but there's not a lot going on with her that fight was so compelling Mm -hmm. it felt so real and natural coming out of all these things that's been going on with them, but I didn't quite see it coming. Yeah, yeah. And I just love seeing Olivia have that sort of fire again, because I feel like she's been a little constrained by being Ned's wife, Mm -hmm. storyline-wise. Yeah. And I was just like, yes, Spitfire, Olivia, come back. Mm -hmm. And um, it it was, that was fantastic. And then plot-wise, it ties a lot of threads together, because the ELQ stuff has always felt on the back burner, but we have Ned saying ELQ is in jeopardy. He's making a play for consolidation of power for himself, which Olivia also kind of called out. She's questioning his character by, like, blocking Michael out. We know that, okay, ELQ is in jeopardy. We know someone's buying shares. We know it's Valentine. He just bought Brooklyn Silence to support her music career. And then the parallel, or the, the also parallel with Cyrus Renault and Laura at the hospital, Cyrus Renault saying... I'm going to financially back GH and can like gain legitimacy and probably launder that drug money there. Um, and um, he, he, Laura's like, no, ELQ will support the hospital. And he's like, I don't know about that. So that links Cyrus Renault into the ELQ thing and, and Valentine. So all these like um, players are coming together in an interesting way. So it ties really all these threads we've been following. I'm interested in Cyrus Renault again somehow. It was really boring. And then just one like little thing just to point out connections because I know you're still, you're you're very good, but you're still kind of having to learn to remember all the things. Um, so, you know, Michael is technically the CEO. Ned is temporary CEO right now. But he's um, like Ned's first cousin's biological son right Mm -hmm. but remember michael is also olivia's son dante's half brother so she's got a connection to michael too oh right so she he is family in more than one way correct correct okay um uh i just have to talk about portia because she was in the episode (gasps) she was really good she talked to laura a little bit cyrus like mentioned trina in front of her and she went mama bear there and then also i thought it was really sweet she you know she you know Cyrus Renault was free at the expense of her ex-husband. She talked a little bit about her grief, about his death. And then, you know, but he was a good person, followed his own code of ethics. She and, they co-parented together. And just, like, good parenting on both sides. And mm-hmm. I, I 
so yeah, just a quick shout out I'm to Portia. I'm kind of holding out a little bit of hope that maybe Taggart's alive somehow. Mm-hmm. I would love if he came back. And we still we still have um, your theory that if we see Jordan and Curtis more, that Curtis might be her real father. Oh, I'm like 80% sure. Yeah, so that's still yeah. in, the, in the back of my mind. Okay, is there anything else we want to touch on? Oh, it's um, just the tiniest little thing, but they did that really extensive previously on that went like mm-hmm. really far back, and it just made my heart sing to see Tracy in the previously yeah, on, so even though I'm sure she's not coming back. So I met two new characters, sort of, Dante yeah. and Tracy, and Tracy got a lot of mentions. She's been getting a lot of mentions recently, so yeah. it would be cool if she popped back in to address some of this ELQ stuff. Um, okay, I think we hit, uh, we touched on everything a little bit. Um, oh, and then just the very end. Nell shows up to confront Nina, which I'm sure will be the top of the next episode. You betrayed me, you bitch, but the necklace is there, so we, we might dive into that a little bit, too, with our, our theory about where that's going. So, like, right out of the gate, that was a fantastic episode. and Really strong start. Yes. Because we talked kind of the last episode before the hiatus was a little... Um, it just felt like a refresher on a lot of little storylines. It wasn't a bad episode, but di- it didn't feel like a finale or a cliffhanger or anything like that. But this right out the gate was so much stronger. Yeah, I'm wondering if they took the time to, like, okay, how can we... I mean, I don't know if it was already written, but, like, it definitely felt like they, they ramped everything up a couple notches and made everything a little more intense yeah. and brought things together. So. And, like, I wonder if they knew Dominic was going to come back, if that was something that was planned or if that was something that came out of planning during the hiatus that they were able to get him back. I'm so excited. Excellent. Okay. All right. So moving right along to the episode from Tuesday, August 4th. I'm so distraught. What happened to Sam? I don't understand. (laughs) Okay. So again, totally avoiding spoilers. So I I literally was looking it up while we were watching the episode. Mm -hmm. She tested negative for coronavirus, but is self-isolating to be safe. Okay. So she may even now be done self-isolating, depending on when they were filming. Right. Um, so it's a temporary recast. It was so confusing. I know, I know. <laughs> so this is the first time you've seen a temp recast. Yeah. Um, so what, what they, they'll do is they'll say, just like the sort of the voiceover guy will come over and say, the role of, you know, Sam in this case is temporarily being played by, um, I believe it was Lindsay Hartley. She was on Passions. Um, and, and that happens before. The m- most notable recent time was... Kristen Storms, who plays Maxie, um, a couple times has had, like, a short-term, like, medical leave, um, and, and they brought in another actress to play her, and sometimes they'll do that for, like, maternity leaves if they don't want to write the character out for that time. It was just... So cra- it does happen. Okay, it was just so weird, and, like, um, I... It was very jarring, but that's okay. That's fine. Um, uh, well, I just want to say, like, I feel so validated because every time I talk shit about the new Nicholas, you're like, I don't, whatever, it's fine. I don't get it. What's your problem with him? And as soon as we finished the episode, she was like, I don't like the new Sam. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so um, now you know how I feel. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, okay, so much happened. Um, okay, Nina and Nell uh, follow from the courtroom. We didn't get the verdict back from the judge or whatever, but they got into, Nell showed up to confront her. And, like, the necklace was there, and then it fell on the ground or something. So I want to get to the necklace so bad, um, but it didn't happen. It was pretty straightforward. I thought it was interesting that Nina kind of called out everything to Nell. She was like, well, like, okay, you're saying this is about Carly, but she was like, Jax is the one who did the kidney, not Carly. You've built your whole life around this obsession. 
but it's not true and you know that. So what's really going on? And then, um, um, she says like, okay, you're saying every single person you've ever met stabs you in the back. Maybe that's not on every other person. It's on you. So she kind of says all that stuff. And Nell doesn't really come back that strong. She's like, you're spoiled. You've made these mistakes, like inducing Ava's labor and stealing the baby. But it's okay because you're an heiress and you're rich and you're spoiled. And then she kind of just leaves and says like something kind of generic. She didn't like threaten her. So I wonder what Nell's next target is going to be. Well, I think she said, not to Nina, but I can't remember to whom, maybe the lawyer to Julian, that Nina's never going to stop paying for mm-hmm. what she did. So I don't think maybe she felt the need to come out and and threaten Nina in that moment, because she just knows, like, I don't know if she's going to supersede Carly as Nell's target, but mm-hmm. she's definitely at least also going to be coming after Nina yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so... Uh, Valentin and Martin in Brooklyn was kind of the most interesting to me um, because, okay, um, so Valentin and Martin go over all the people <laughs> who he's gathered the shares of, and it's Brooklyn, Nell, Maya Ward, Sky Chandler Quartermain, Lila Ray Alcazar, mm-hmm. and then he knows Michael controls his own AJ and Jason's shares, so Valentin wants to target Danny Morgan and Scout Kane, and their mother is Sam McCall, and Jason is Danny's father. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna play. His plan is to go after Sam through the parole officer to get control of those shares. And it was an interesting conversation about Jason because what Martin said, he's the least cooperative person in Port Charles, <laughs> which is really funny. But Valentine's like, okay, we have an incentive to Sam getting her out of his parole or something. And Jason cares about Michael, but he doesn't really care about ELQ. Correct. Um, so that was interesting. It was also a nod. So I think I mentioned a few episodes ago that the actor who plays, the, who plays Martin, the lawyer, is, is famously from another soap. Okay. And so when he said he recognized, he was like, oh, Sky Chandler, Quartermain, like, that sounds familiar. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, the family's from Pineview. So she, she remember, we talked about her a while ago when they first mentioned her shares. Um she was on that other soap as well as the same character. <laughs> okay. So I think it's just like a nod, That's you know, funny. for the for the fans. I did note that. I'm like, there's something, there's an inside joke there or something. Yeah. Um, so Brooklyn then comes to Valentine and is like, okay, you have a deal, basically. Because based on her conversation with her dad, I guess, she was like, okay, dad just said he wants someone to swoop in and take over the company. I can't, she can't possibly be that dumb that she thinks Ned really is going to be like grateful for yeah, this. Yeah, I'm... I'm a little bit confused by her because she seems savvy enough in some scenes, but then she goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, she I think only it's like a, a little bit of denial mm-hmm. because she really wants, cause, you know, because Valentine's made her all these promises about her her music career. So I, I think she's maybe a little bit in denial because I, she can't be that that stupid. Yeah, and like um, she uh, she brought up Sunny. She brought up a lot of stuff, but like ultimately went with the deal um and I think she only knows that he has also has Nell's shares she figured that out from the lawyer mm-hmm. so she doesn't know all these other things that are in place so maybe she right. she's justifying it won't be that big of a deal um okay I think that's all with that storyline Olivia and Ned kind of get into it some more not as much as last episode and then Laura shows up and asks for their help in getting funds to support General Hospital and then Ned's like, okay, great, we'll use this vote from the shareholders to bring out the interloper. So 
so that all might come to a head a little sooner than Valentine expects. Um, okay, let's talk about not Sam and Alexis. It was just so jarring because she's so different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And it just felt odd, but it's okay. So she tells her mom about slapping Julian. It doesn't sound like she stayed to see Nell's meltdown, which I didn't really remember. Um, yeah, I don't think she was there for that Because she left... And slapped Julian, and I think left. Mm-hmm. So she and her mom talk about that, and Alexis is like, stop slapping people, you're on parole. And then they talk about Neil and how Alexis isn't spending time with Neil, or hasn't told him she's disbarred, which who cares. And then Sa- Jason texts Sam, they meet up at the General Hospital conference room, and he tells her about he wants he's going to have Carly be the power of attorney because of the stuff with Mike, which, eh, I don't know why it was so urgent that he told her, um... I was just kind of like, whatever, especially because it wasn't really Sam. That didn't really land for me, but it's okay. Um, I think, is that, okay. <laughs> Take a deep breath. So much happening. I'm used it's to okay. talking for 45 minutes, and now we've... Seven minutes. Seven minutes. But, yeah, I think we hit all the highlights. Is there anything I'm forgetting that you wanted to... Oh, God. I, I don't take notes the way you do, and now with it being so, you know... The, oh, oh, you know, just li- a little thing. So, you know, Sonny is kind of monologuing ostensibly to, to his daughter Donna, but really to himself about what to do about Mike. And you never see Donna. And I wonder if none of the kids are going to come back to filming. That's a good point. You know, I was thinking, I didn't really see any, like, okay, they're, are they standing further apart? Not really. That's not really possible. Um, uh I think people were hugging each other, but they probably won't do, like, kissing scenes. But the kid... I didn't even think about the kids. Yeah. Jax went off to go meet Jocelyn, but mm-hmm. we didn't see her. So maybe the teenagers, the 10-year-olds, all of them. I, I, I haven't, again, like, heard anything for sure. It's just speculation. But I wonder, yeah, if, if just for their own safety, they just won't mm-hmm. have the kids back to filming for a while. Yeah. Or especially, like, the babies are not props, but, like, <laughs> when they're in scenes, they're just, like... It, they're not yeah. impacting the plot, so... Right, and let's, so, like, you know, Willow and, and Michael were going to go home to spend time with Wiley. We didn't mm-hmm. see that. A lot of that could be off-screen. A yeah. lot of it could be off-screen, yeah. Um, and even... They seem to have moved past the Charlotte custody battle. Um, yeah, the teenagers will be interesting because they're involved, but not as directly... Like, their storylines yeah. can maybe pause for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. All right. All right, so then we have Wednesday, August 5th, which was basically the Mike and Sonny show. Yeah, I mean, there were fewer uh, fewer plot threads we were jumping between, and they were all very straightforward stories. Um, but it was mostly Mike and Sonny. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, like, Sonny kind of going through this discovery or this... Going through what he had to work through himself. I, I like that part at the end of what he said to... Um, Carly and Jason, who, especially Carly, wanted to come and, and tell him what she thought, but he had to kind of go through it himself. Um, and I'm really glad, so I think you said this off air or off record, but you speculated that Carly and Jason were going to yeah. forge a DNR. <laughs> My theory from the last episode was, yeah, that they were going to forge that to give Sunny peace of mind. <laughs> I'm so glad you were wrong. Yeah, that would have not the tone of, and how beautiful and well done and understated the story is. And it just would have, I, I mean, I think they would have all eventually got past it, but if Sunny ever found out, yeah. I mean, that would have been awful. Yeah. And like, 
it, you know, means to an end, but this whole storyline with Mike and Sunny, um, and Carly and Jason to an extent has been very, it hasn't been like over the top soapy drama, right? It's this very like realistic portrayal. So that would have, I'm glad they didn't do that either. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I don't know about like these specific scenes for today, but I mean, this storyline, and I, I can never remember when they have to like submit the Emmy reels, but I mean, Maurice Bernard is going to be up for an Emmy and they're going to, like, they're going to submit this material. Yeah. Um, or, or some of the material from this storyline for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, it's yeah. been so tough watching him. Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to say like, I'll be relieved, you know, when, when Mike passes, but I really want Sunny to be able to like grieve and move on rather than this like sort of extended mm-hmm. horrific sort of grieving process while he's still hanging on it's really it's really hard to watch it is yeah and he did a great job with those scenes my one question about this plot I didn't take a lot of notes about this plot because I there weren't really any questions I had or like um things to make fun of during my usual notes but is that Yvonne Godfrey person is she a character or was that all made up out of whole cloth to make the point no so she was a character so I first of all would just like to say that Felix always lovely to see him um massive HIPAA violation to start telling Sunny all of her like medical stuff and even the fact that she's currently being treated at General Hospital that's fair you have more of an eye on things like that I guess yeah yeah but um before Mike and Yvonne had sort of gotten to the point where they are now, they were they were both very much, um, you know, aware and, and communicative and everything. They were both at Turning Woods at the same time, and they kind of fell in love and had a little Aww. relationship, which was very sweet. They both had, I can't remember if she also has Alzheimer's or some other kind of, like, you know, dementia thing. Um, but it was, it was very, it was a little bit bittersweet because she has a husband... That oh. she was like forgetting, Aww. and and she and, and Mike were really bonding, and it was it was this whole thing. So um, we haven't seen her in a while, mm-hmm. and she has no history on the show prior to that. You would you would correct. guess correct, okay. correct. I don't think she or her husband really had anything much to do. I think the husband knows. Um, Curtis's aunt, who they've mentioned, but I don't think you've seen her because she hasn't been on in a while, but they've no deep ties to the show. Okay. And the last thing I want to say about that scene is Liz's speech at the end was really lovely. Um, And I think that's a great example. Like, Liz was able to say something to Sunny that no one else has been able to, and Carly was like, thank you for whatever you were able to say. Just like contrast to how Robert was able to comfort Olivia in the last episode, mm. and Ed got jealous. I had a beat where, like, is Carly going to be pissed off that she wasn't the one to say it? But I was like, oh, no, she knows what's best for everyone. And that's especially sort of striking because Carly does not like Liz. Oh, really? Has, oh, yeah. Well, because everything Liz did to Jason and Drew and oh, Sam. Right, right. Carly's very protective of her people. So, okay. But Carly's a big enough person. Mm-hmm you know, that she can, or that she was able to, you know, thank Liz and let that be what it was. Gotcha. I have never seen them interact, I don't think, so that's, mm. that makes, I remember that now that you mention it. Um, and Liz also names drop, name drops Lucky as having said something like this to her that he heard from Mary May Ward. And I know that name because Maya Ward had shares in ELQ that, um, yes. So just a historical figure. We don't need to dive too yeah, deep. Yeah, I think 
she's Maya's grandmother that, like, Edward had an affair with. Okay. Or something. And that's why she has, she has okay. a different last name, but she's got a Yale Q shares because gotcha. it was, like, a... Definitely not the point of the theme, but I, no, I always like no. tracking on names like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick, let's barrel through everything else. Will and Michael are at home being, like, um, cute and domestic. Michael's hair changed. That's what I was going to say. So oh. I think I think they must have had a little bit of footage from before the hiatus that they didn't maybe have enough for one more full episode. Because when we saw him in that court scene from Monday, his hair, I think, was the same as it was. And now it's, like, much longer and it's darker yeah. not less blonde. So maybe and they, I was like, ooh, Michael. Maybe they did finish all the courtroom stuff then or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was very different. Um, much longer. They, okay, um, they're talking about is wouldn't... Long term, would it be good for Nell to be in, my, in Wiley's life at all? Probably not. And then Nell shows up, and uh, she, the baby's napping. So I think our theory is right about the babies on the show for sure. The kids, um, they say you, you have to wait till he wakes up. And then they very clearly, Michael and Willow, turned towards each other and didn't watch Nell. And so I was like, she either planted something or took something. And then at the end, we see the reveal that she uh, had put a tracking device in the kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Wiley's favorite toy. Wiley's favorite toy that he takes everywhere, as I said, which was a point. And then she also met with Nell prior to this, was meeting with Valentine, which was very funny because he's like, I don't like Michael, but I like you yet less. And she's like, okay, well, give me those documents or I'll tell Michael and the Quartermains about the ELQ plot. Um, and then the reveal there is that the documents are passports. So that's kind of the Michael Willow Nell stuff um and then I think the other and then Valentine of course just like turns on a dime and schemes with whoever he runs into luckily everyone he wants to scheme about walks into the hotel um but he approaches Sam about borrowing the voting proxy rights of the shares of her children and then he'll lift the conditions of her parole basically he'll get Dolores off the case and replace her with someone else if she keeps it a secret. So she can see Jason. So she can see Jason, exactly. Without going back to prison. Mm-hmm. For like a year. Is it's that like a year, year and a half, yeah. But like giving up the... the mm. I don't think... I hope she's not dumb enough to go for it, but getting all his ducks in a row would be good for the story to keep escalating. It would... It also... Like a year and a half is... Soap storylines can move slowly, but a year and a half is still a really long time for Jason and Sam just to not be allowed to see each other. Yeah. And honestly, less even for the character's sake and more for my sake, I'm so annoyed by this, <laughs> that I'm like, just just give him the voting proxy. Yeah. But, like, I guess, in a, if you were looking at this realistically, a year and a half of not seeing your husband, the next, what, 10, 12 years of your children's rights to this stock is what you're giving up. She's signing them away for eight, until they turn 18. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, okay, that's, that's also <laughs> fine. Um, okay, and then real quick, quick, just to wrap up, um, like you said, all these storylines were very straightforward, so there's yeah. not too much, but Diane and Alexis talk about Neil, and then Neil shows up and he and Alexis talk. I have nothing to say about that, so I think that's all. <laughs> any, yeah. any, any thoughts? I was kind of glad that she was like, all right, go away, I'm, I need some time, because I was like, I don't... They haven't done a good enough job 
has me like buy into the, the chemistry or the pull there that I'm like yeah. I, I don't care about your like self-inflicted torturous romance yeah and when it goes back and forth between what's what Mike is doing with Sunny and Carly and Jace like all the and even Michael and Willow and Nell is compelling when then we go to Neil and Alexis I'm like okay move it along <laughs> but um but I I I'm glad this ELQ thing is like barreling ahead because I want to get to something exciting with it because it's been so boring all right, so we are on to the Thursday episode from August 6th. Um, this one was really fun, and it, it I kind of was like, okay, I know what's going on. We're going to do the courtroom. We've got Nell. We've got Valentine. We've got um, Mike and Sunny. And then we just saw tons and tons of little plot lines that we hadn't seen all week pop up, which are really fun. And there was a lot of fun like historical references that I knew about. So it just, I just felt like, in the know, like I got, I got this. So, um, it was super fun. So we start with checking with Dante at WSB. Um, randomly, this is this might be the most random pairing of all time. Lulu and Brando and Cyrus Renault are all at the car mechanic yeah. shop. <laughs> that was weird. so weird. Um, we check in with Deception, who we hadn't uh, we hadn't seen Lucy in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we check in with Deception. Um, the Lucy Sasha Maxi combo, and then Valentine brings in Brooklyn, and then Curtis and TJ showed back up. I forgot about yeah. them. <laughs> and then Carly and Sam have a whole discussion that is incredibly telegraphed. And then Jason and Chase bump into each other at the police station or the courtroom or something, and then Jordan joins them. So lots of like very different combinations. I don't think I've seen Sam and Carly interact. Other than like this is wild with this random temporary Carly, they temporary Sam, temporary Sam, they might have sat together at the court at the custody hearing, but um, so yeah. I, did you enjoy this episode as much as I did? Um, I, maybe not quite as much as you did. <laughs> I I I'm so glad you're watching it now, but I wish you had started watching with me so much earlier because, like Carly and Sam's relationship is one of my favorite on the show. Yeah. Because they used to not get along at all, and they've really, really grown, and their relationship has evolved so much since Sam first came on the show in, like, 2003. Yeah. So it, uh, I just, <laughs> I wish we could backfill and watch, like, the past 10 years all of, of the it. show together. Well, let's start with them, then. So their conversation was very straightforward. Yeah. Um, Sam was basically just like, Jason told me about the power of attorney, Carly thought she'd be upset, and Sam's like, no, I wanted to thank you, because I was hurt, but... I thought about it. I thought about my kids, and I could never make that choice. I'm glad he has you in his life. And then they talk about how they both have this kind of wild past, and they've like made adjustments because their children are most important now. And um, Carly said, no, sorry, Sam said something about regretting going after Shiloh and going to prison, and they just talked about how important their children are, um, which was sweet. It was fine. I like good parents, so I, I appreciated that discussion. But then at the very end, I was like, Carly, no, Carly said the line. She was like, oh, but this is a moot point. Nothing's going to happen to Jason. Smash cut. Jason, motorcycle accident, was attacked by Cyrus's people. Who knows? But Well, we did leave off, like, when Lulu, not to jump around, but when Lulu left the car auto place or whatever... He, Cyrus was left alone with Brando, and we didn't really see them talk about anything. Not oh. that I think Brando would, like, 
knowingly harm Jason. Oh, but maybe something happened to the motorcycle. Yeah, because Jason had just picked up the motorcycle from Brando's shop. That's interesting. I didn't consider that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go to that storyline. So, um, it was very random. So, Lulu was there because she had a flat tire. And then Cyrus shows up and makes, like, veiled threats about, I hope that senseless violence can be a thing of the past. Lulu kind of fills in Brando about who Cyrus Renault is, because Brando's kind of just like a fly in the wall in this conversation. Um, and, and, you know, Cyrus alludes to the hospital, gets Lulu on that trail. Um, and then Lulu leaves, and Cyrus Renault hangs out for a little bit and then leaves. And then Jason comes to see Brando to pick up his motorcycle. Right. And this was so funny to me. Um, first of all, that Brando was like, oh, you paid for this part, and I'm not going to charge you for the labor, because it was a pleasure to work on the motorcycle. Well, also, Jason had specifically asked him not to do it, because yeah. he likes to do the work himself, so if he had charged him, I feel like Justin would have, Jason would have been justified in being like, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pay so you. So that was odd, but the funniest thing is, like, Brando, people in this show volunteer a lot of information to each other to keep everything moving, but Brando's like, yeah, Lulu, uh, Spencer, and Cyrus Renault were both in earlier, there was a weird vibe there. There was lots of back and forth. <laughs> I feel like he's like me describing my experience watching the show at the beginning when I was just like, something's going on, but I'm not sure what. Brando, Brando definitely feels like just an ordinary, average guy who has been pulled into the world of a soap opera and doesn't quite realize it. Yeah. He, he's not of this world. No, no, not at all. Um, he's very confused by it. He's mm-hmm. doing his best. Yeah. But he, he just shouldn't be here. He's just, like, kind of checked out of what's actually happening. Yeah. So Jason takes his motorcycle, which may or may not be tampered with. And then um, Jason goes to the court. I'm getting those mixed up. But, okay, let's do the, the, the police scene. So Chase approaches Jason about the warehouse explosion. Um that Jason blew up in retaliation against Cyrus Renault. And Jordan's like, no, 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 please stop. Um, we don't want Diane Miller to get unleashed on us, which is very funny. And then she tells Jason, or she tells Chase to back off. She and Jason then have a quick strategy session about what she's doing with Cyrus Renault. And he's like, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, Jordan. Like, uh, play along. Let him think you have control and wait for an opportunity. And she, she like, seemed to struggle with that for, for her a little bit. But then she told him she was going to go meet with Cyrus Renault. And then he, she was like, I can't ask Sonny's right-hand man to follow me, but, you know, whatever you choose to do. So whether Cyrus Renault did something to the motorcycle or he had his people look out for Jason, it has to be connected to Cyrus Renault. Most likely. Yeah. Also, bless his heart, Jason has had so many head injuries. I really... Really hope he didn't hit his head this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I really liked um, when Jordan, just like a history corner, when Jordan was like, I've done my research about you. You were in an accident. You had some cognitive issues, and Sonny was your your mentor. Um, and kind of that backstory that you'd shared with me, um, which the show maybe hasn't brought up. Um, and then she was like, you know, if things had gone differently, you would have made, made a great cop, which is very funny, very good. And not untrue. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and it was very cute. He was like, I'll try not to take offense. Um, and then I guess the deception stuff 
it was most the only conflict was Valentine bringing the only, the only story was Valentine bringing Brooklyn in. Yeah, we've we've got another temporary recast because I believe um, the actress who normally plays Brooklyn is on her maternity leave. Oh, okay. Um, and I it was so annoying to me because it, it's one of those scenes where the characters are are written. Or the dialogue is written in such an annoying way to, you know, d- point out some particular bit of drama they want to, like, highlight at the expense of logic. Yeah, like, they just were, okay, the, the goal of the scene is to talk about Dante. Right, which was such a stretch, because Lulu's not even present. Right. But everyone, before Maxie can even explain her objections, everyone is like, oh, you just don't want Brooklyn involved in deception, because she and Lulu don't get along, and, and you don't want Lulu to be annoyed about all this. And I'm like, how about the fact that Brooklyn has been repeatedly arrested this year, and maybe right. that's not a good association for the brand? No one brings any of that up. Or, like, let's, like, do some kind of interview. What What is, what can you bring to the table with your music? It was, it was very odd and very forced, and just, like, they would just both jump into talking about Lulu, who's not involved in any way. Right. Lulu has nothing to do with the deception. And it was like they went out of their way to make whether or not Brooklyn and Maxie team up about Lulu's marriage or lack thereof. Like, yeah. It was, it was so annoying. Yeah. It was odd. Um, and I don't really have anything else to say about those scenes other than Maxie ended up going to general hospital to have an appointment with an OBGYN. So I think your theory is correct. How She didn't have an appetite at one point, so we're, like, pregnant. <laughs> Immediately. Um, and then Lucy bumps into Lulu and is like, you know, you have such a good friend in Maxie. So that was all really strange. I mean, weird, but, like, kind of in character for Lucy, at least. Okay. What I thought was weird was then they, like, pivoted to, again, talking about Dante, and just kind of like you were saying earlier, how, like, you know, why isn't Olivia talking to Sunny about Dante, or, like, you know, people, these people who make sense. It just, to me, made zero sense that Lulu would be talking to Lucy about Dante. Yeah. So that also felt really random and strange. Um, and, like, Lucy even says she doesn't really know Dante that well, and it, just, it didn't feel like a very natural conversation. Right. And especially because we've been seeing these little scenes with Dante talking to his, his therapist or his doctor. Like, we know he's back to some degree on the show. So if, if this was, like, set up, like, it would be a good maybe foreshadowing. But it's not even that because we know he's on the canvas, like you say. Yeah. Um, but, and then Valentine has a quick check-in with Sasha. Which he seems to be, like, genuinely checking in with her. Because she has no bearing on any of his schemes. But he it's, he sounded sincere. I don't he, know. He did. I really think the point of that scene was really just to highlight how she's so upset about losing Michael. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, nothing can fill that depth of despair left when, like, you know, Nina right. left me. And I think it's just to kind of poke at, you know, Sasha's open wounds. Not deliberately on his part. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't think he was trying to be cruel. But the scene was definitely just to, you know, make Sasha suffer. Yeah. And, and like, set up, like, another nail in the coffin for why she's going to have a drug problem, which is right, right, right. Because then she shows up at the courthouse to run into Chase. Right. And they just have a little Misery love, Loves Company um, chat. Right. Um, Jordan ends up meeting with Cyrus Renault, which nothing really happens. Um, and then... And then just to wrap up, I think the other storyline was TJ and Curtis. Oh, yeah. And Curtis is just like, 
you should think about some self-care. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. So, yeah, just lots, lots of, like, random little bits. Yeah, this not, not the strongest episode of the new week. No, but I liked all the little random stuff. There was another history moment that was really good. Carly and Sam? Oh, yeah, when Carly... Thank you. I, I forgot when we, we blew through that, but... Um, Sam gives a backstory about Dolores, which we had watched, but then Carly tells a story about how she and the reason she and Sonny got married for the first time, and then they got married five times over. Yeah. So that that was that was a, um, a great great line. And now we're on Friday, August seventh. Oh my God, this one went all over the map. There was like new combinations I wasn't expecting, like Portia and Finn. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part, but. Okay, for the first, they did a previously on, um, yeah. which was, had a lot of new stuff. For you. For me. So it was like the origin of deception a, a little bit, uh, Finn meeting Violet, um, Maxie loves Peter, who cares? Peter is pointing a gun at someone and it's like, kill Maddox, kill Franco, just eliminate them all. So I don't really, Maddox is the guy who died in a plane? Yes. You okay. never met him. Okay. And he was a doctor. He was. He was kind of shady. Okay. Um, and then Anna to Finn was freaking out, like, do you know what you've done? I have to protect Peter. I don't really know what that is about. So even just in the previously on, I was, like, so confused. Okay. So, okay, so Maxie, I'm sorry, Maxie's just, like, venting and babbling to this nurse who's just trying to move on. That was so funny. Um, and then, um, she's clearly 100%, 1,000% pregnant. Yeah. Like, it's not even, um... Well, she took four pregnancy tests, yeah. including the one at the hospital. I'm just like, bless this nurse who's so patient. Um, and then she had a funny allusion to general hospital history when she was like babbling about, I have to go back to work, I can't do this, I work at Deception, Deception Cosmetics. It was big in the 90s. That's when it was on the show. Okay. Um, so that was really funny. Um, and then she's like, to the nurse is like don't tell anyone about this because it would be bad if this got out and I'm like I'm sure the nurse follows HIPAA rules <laughs> eh, it's a soap that's so true that's, that's fair up in here. Um, but then of course Lulu overhears and encourages her to, to stay and, and get can I just say also how refreshing right. that was that Lulu overheard her but then Maxie immediately told her what was going on, and then they had a rational conversation about it. Yeah, it got very rational at the end. Because so often, like, someone will kind of overhear something, and then it'll just get dropped. Like, remember when, like, TJ overheard the, oh, the right. girls talking? They said something about, like, some big secret. He's like, what secret? And then just dropped it and, like, wasn't curious at all or yeah. whatever. Um, so I, it was nice that that just, we moved past that, like, confusion right. and got straight to the point. They just talked about it like friends, and... Um, Lulu was like, I'm sure you're nervous with Peter and it's making you think of other your other kids and uh, Nathan, right? So that was all very reasonable. Um, so yeah, that was pretty straightforward. But I primarily want to talk about Portia and Finn. Of course you do. <laughs> it was so cute. So Finn's all acting all sweet because he gets a text from his little baby daughter from Anna's phone. So that's really cute. Portia, uh, we're two minutes into the episode. Portia starts giving him parenting advice. <laughs> and I freaked out. Um... And, you know, she's like, enjoy it while you can. You know, preteens, teenagers are X, Y, Z. Of course, Portia's the exception to teens hating their mothers. I'm like, yes, she is, because you're incredible. Um, so it was just fun to see them. I, I don't see them very much separately at all. And so it was really fun seeing those two characters together. That's not a pairing I was expecting. Um, but I think it's charming and adorable that Finn is a new parent. 
because he just met his daughter and knows to go to Portia, and they're both medical professionals. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, so they it are. makes sense they're talking, but I've not seen Finn in that context, I don't think, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, and they, he, then he asked her about what she's going through with Cyrus Renault, which is very fun, so they must be friends and co- as well as coworkers. Um, and then she kind of gives him a warning that, like, Violet might ultimately resent Anna because Anna's not her real mom and kind of gets on his case about Hayden a little bit. And I was like, yes, like, you know, kids often same, blame someone for the missing parent in their lives and mythologize the absent one. And Finn's like, yep, I know all about that. So I yeah. thought that was interesting. So, so Finn's thing, which I thought this was really funny that he was getting this advice from Portia because he's, I, think, I would say, intimately familiar. His dad... Um, and I'd forgotten this. I had to kind of remind myself. Um, I'm not sure how old he was at the time, but his mom died, and his dad got remarried, in his opinion, too soon. And so he, like, hates his stepmom. He's estranged from his dad, and that's why he and Chase didn't have a good relationship at first, because he's right. their son. Right, right. So he definitely uh, sounds like kind of maybe mythologized his mom a little bit, who, who had passed away, and, like, really doesn't like his dad at all and I was like ooh so that would be just a little, a little bit of karma is a strong word I think you know it's valid to have feelings when, you're, when your mom passes mm-hmm. but I mean it's been over 20 years and he yeah. still is like not on good terms with his dad right right so I think you know I don't think Portia was like aiming for this but I hope that incurred, I want to see Hayden come someone care about Hayden or mm. have her come back or something because she connects a lot of plot lines oddly enough like Nicholas and Finn and um, Anna and Peter and all this other stuff. Um, so that that was all fine. Um, a lot of this is all moving the chess pieces so everyone's at the hospital for the end, um, for the end bit. Um, Chase and Curtis talk a lot because Curtis is worried about Jordan. That's fine. I don't, that wasn't super interesting. Um, and it's that weird thing of like Curtis knows all about the the plot and Chase doesn't, but maybe Chase is getting closer. Yeah, I think Chase is starting to get a little suspicious might be a strong word, but he's, mm-hmm. he's edging in that direction. Yeah. Sasha uh, and Jordan was boring. Um, <laughs> uh, Sunny and Brando, there was an ominous thing where, like, how was business? And a flashback to Cyrus Renault talking to Brando. So um, I don't, like, they didn't really reveal anything there, but I, I think you're right about something to do with the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, uh, Carly and New Sam said the thing, like, finally, because they were all at Violet's birthday together, and she didn't say anything, but New Sam finally was like, Peter, that Peter who had Drew killed and kept Jason a prisoner for five years is just right over there, which they finally addressed. No one's really said, no one seems to have a problem with Peter except for Robert up to this point, so I thought that was very funny. Yeah, I, I think people are kind of, well, like they discussed, sort of giving him not a pass, but out of respect for Anna and Maxie. Mm-hmm. I think people aren't pushing too hard, except for Robert. Yeah. And I guess Spinelli when he's in town. Right. And then Sam says, Peter framed Liesel just like he framed me when he broke Shiloh out of prison. That was new information. It's Yeah, I don't remember not the even details. That, not even that important. Um, but, um, yeah, and then, okay, then Robert and Anna... And Peter all kind of get into a fight. Um, um, but, the, okay, the, the, the point of the episode is that Jason is unresponsive. 
and, and he, he's brought to the hospital. Everyone's there, basically. Uh, Carly and Sam go over. Um, Liz is testing him for a brain injury. Um, uh, Peter, Maxie, and Lulu are all there. Chase looks at pictures of the crime scene, and, or the crash scene, and thinks it's suspicious. And then um, Carly is calling Diane because she's set up now to be his power of attorney. So that's what everything was kind of building up to. All the storylines kind of intersect, more or less. So yeah, a lot happened. I like the stuff with Portia. Um, Jason crashing his car, or his motorcycle, immediately after signing that DNR with Diane is very funny. But um, yeah, so that was an intense week overall. Yeah, so... Oh, Peter trying to, like, reassure Sam, or, or like, saying, like, oh, let's just wait and see what the doctors say, and then she, she and Carly fucking turned on him, and, like, we're about to tear him apart. I just thought that was so funny. I was like, Peter, why would you, why would you speak to them? Right, right, and trying to <laughs> reassure, like, super dumb. Um, was, that, the, was that when Carly threatened him, too? Yeah. I was like, Carly, we just had this conversation about not, like, issuing death threats to opposing counsel. Like, right. let's maybe just extend that in a general way. Let's not issue death threats against anybody to right anyone. now. Yeah, and those two women in particular, you don't want to get between them and Jason or Sunny or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other moment... Oh! What? Oh, how did you not bring this up? I just about died laughing. Brando's whole speech about the horses? Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. It wasn't, I think I zipped through the Brando Sunny stuff. Mm, yeah. But that's right. That's, that was an amazing callback. So I think while they were on hiatus, they were like, what would Claire enjoy the first week of new episodes? So we got Brando and the horses. We got Portia. Um, I mean, Giving parenting advice, none, yeah, no, no right. less. That was great. I'm trying to think back at the rest of the week. Um, a lot of Portia stuff this week, which I was not expecting. I thought we'd be all about Nell. We had Nell, like, blow up her case, which was great. Yeah. Um, we still don't have the actual result yet. Correct. Which is irritating. Yeah. I would like to get that taken care of. I'm starting to see what will Because ever since we started this viewing party, the big looming end goal was the court, the court scene. Mm-hmm. So I've been like, okay, what's going to happen next? Because it seems like like if this was a narrative that would wrap up, that would be the ending. But I'm starting to see this week where we go from there with, like, Nell's probably going to kidnap Wiley um, as the next big, big thing. Um, Cypress Renault is actually making a play. So this was a great first week back. I, I'm excited to keep going. I mean, they definitely spent the hiatus writing just good episodes, not, even if they weren't necessarily <laughs> for me. I, I'm really hoping, among other things, that Kelly Monaco comes back. The the woman who's filling in for Ooh. Sam is fine, mm-hmm. but but I want um, uh, Kelly to come back. Um, I'm really hoping, too, um, which I, I think I said earlier, but I'm really hoping that even if Sam doesn't literally take Valentine up on his deal, I'm hoping something happens where we can stop having this stupid parole keeping Jason and Sam apart because I'm really bored by that conflict. It doesn't make for an engaging, I think, uh, obstacle. Right. Like, I think there's there's absolutely, there could be obstacles to their relationship that could be, like, interesting and compelling, but having them just literally have to not be in scenes together does nothing for their chemistry, does nothing for their story. Like, it's just, it just makes them both either act like idiots or just not be around each other. Yeah. Which doesn't like, you want further from, anything. It's not what you want from your romantic leads or whatever. Right, right. And and they've been like 
a couple on and off for like 15 plus years no closer maybe like 17 years so yeah this is just a bizarre choice that I'm not well the new loving. obstacle is you know traumatic brain injury if that makes you feel oh, any better oh god <laughs> Jason's poor brain he's he's had so many brain injuries Ooh. he's had multiple counts of amnesia multiple brain injuries I have a theory what if oh, he god. forgets everything about being Jason Morgan and reverts back to his Jason Quartermain memory. That's that's been theorized. N- not really? necessarily this go round, oh, but okay. one of the last times he got a brain injury or amnesia or whatever, people were like, what if? That would be very silly. I would be so fucking pissed. Because he was like supposed to be a doctor and he was Yeah, he not was a, I can't remember if he was a literal teenager. I think he was I think he might have still been a teenager. He was young when it happened. Yeah. Um and, and that was really unique because most of the time, characters do get their memories back eventually on soaps. So mm-hmm. the fact that it was effectively permanent, you know, so far... I'm just kidding. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, it's not out of the question, though, mm-hmm. given that it's a soap. Right. I would be real pissed, but yeah. it's technically possible. Um, so did you have a favorite character of the week? That's so intense. Um, I think Portia is cheating at this point, so I'm not going to say Portia. <laughs> um, okay. I just, I really like her. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I just, Portia's cheating. It's so, it's so fucking funny. Um, I... You can say Portia if you want to. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard to think back over everything. Mm-hmm. You, why don't you go first? You know you know them better than I do. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to... Was Nell's meltdown yes. once we came back? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Nell, because that, oh, that yeah. meltdown was so glorious. And I mean, unless, like, the judge gets a lobotomy... Like, there's no way she's winning custody. Right, So that was just kind of a a, a beautiful, um, like, shooting herself in the foot. Like, that was just fabulous. It was epic. Um, And then least favorite... (sighs) See, now, I feel like it's a little bit cheating to say Peter. Um, Oh, well, I'll I'll say my favorite, then, while you're thinking. Oh, okay. My favorite favorite character because he was a new brand new and it was like how he opened the week and it was really cool and very different going to switzerland but i'm gonna say dante oh yeah i almost forgot dante's back because like that was exciting for me because they have been talking about him and i was wondering if he was going to come back on the screen but i was thinking uh, same along the same lines of trying to guess what might happen if he comes back that blows up peter and maxi no it doesn't oh no he was married to Lulu, not Maxie. Good job. So Shoot. close. Okay. Well, he's going to come and fuck shit up, and I think that'll be fun. I hope way. so. I, I do want to give you sort of a caveat there that, so a long time ago, um, Robin, who we've who talked about but you haven't really met, Robin was kidnapped, and she was gone for a long time. And then she came back in a similar way to Dante, where we saw her, like, off being, mm. she was, like, being held captive or something. We saw her, like, alone dealing with that, and she wasn't, like, back in Port Charles. Um, and we were like, great, Robin's back. And then she just had scenes by herself for, like, weeks, if not months. It, like, it took a really long time for her to, like, come oh. back properly. Okay. So I just want to give you a heads up that just because Dante's back doesn't mean he's 
back. Gotcha. This might take a while is what, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, he's going to... Okay. Well, if he does come back to town, it's definitely going to blow up some stuff. Yeah, hopefully Lulu's boring new boyfriend will just evaporate. Yeah. Well, I knew... I knew... The moment I said it, I knew he wasn't married to Maxie. Yeah. Maybe he'll just come punch Peter because Peter has a punchable face. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so least favorite character... This feels mean because he's grieving, but I kind of want to say Robert. Because, mm. like, he's just... He's very correct about some of what he's saying, but he's being kind of, like, intransigent about some of it, and I wish he would just, like, chill a little bit. Like, not not investigate, but he's, like, I feel like he's kind of pushing people away and, like, being, um, not, like, what he's doing is not conducive to his own goals. Like, how he's talking to Peter and and Anna and different stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. I can see that. Um, I'm going to do kind of a 180 on how I had been feeling about him at one point. I'm going to say Valentine is my least favorite because mm. I was like, re- I, I don't know when it was exactly. I was super invested in a potential arc for him. And now he's just full on into this ELQ shares thing, which is so much less interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it looks like we're not going to have Charlotte back or any of the kids back for a while. Um, so... I don't like that he's just moved on to this ELQ thing, and I think it's dumb. It's a fun history lesson because they mention all these old characters with connections to the Quartermains, but um, I think it's boring, and I don't like that for him. Yeah, that's fair. Well, great first week. Good job, everyone. (laughs) The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, (laughs) but I never thought about what the title was for.